So this idea about being alone all the time, it's not a healthy idea, I think, in general. We should be with other people and we should uh, talk to them, hang out with them, we should uh, hug them and sometimes maybe even marry them. But then on the other side, I think for me to be totally by myself under the midnight sun, just walking one direction, didn't know if it was going to take 40 days or 70 days, nobody had done it before, uh, was super healthy. You're listening to The Alonement Podcast, hosted by me, Francesca Spector, author of Alonement, How to Be Alone and Absolutely Own It. Each week, I interview an inspiring new guest about the time they spend alone and why it matters to them. Ultimately, at the heart of every episode is one central question. What turns solitude into a positive, fulfilling experience? Because when alone time isn't lonely, it's alonement. So I'm currently recording this in mid-January and I, like many of us in the UK, am wrapped up in a fleece and two pairs of socks. But I have a feeling I won't be getting all that much sympathy from this week's guest, who is, of course, the Norwegian explorer. Erling Kagi, best known for becoming the first person to complete the Three Poles Challenge. For those who don't know, that involves travelling to the South Pole, the North Pole and climbing Mount Everest on foot. He's also an art collector, a publisher and the author of no less than eight books, including the 2017 book Silence in the Age of Noise. Silence was written about Erling's 50-day-long solo journey to the South Pole, a feat which frankly makes lockdown look like a bit of a doddle. As a podcaster, I spend a lot of time seeking silence, if only to create the perfect home recording environment. But the silence that Erling is most interested in is less to do with worrying that a drilling is going to affect your Zoom recording, more to do with the silence within us, which he writes, is where we confront the fear of getting to know ourselves better. There are some obvious overlaps with the idea of alonement here, which is synonymous with that kind of inner silence and tuning in to your inner voice, a thing which many of us, I definitely speak for myself here, find very, very scary. Today, I'm keen to learn from Erling what he's personally learned in that extreme space of prolonged internal silence, and whether or not we must all travel to the ends of the earth to find it. Before we get to our conversation, I want to give a big shout out to this season's sponsors, Flashpack. Flashpack is a travel company for solo travellers providing boutique group adventures all around the world, from staying on a secret island in the Arctic to glamping on the Serengeti. Its adventures are targeted specifically for solo travellers in their 30s and 40s, so if you feel like you've slightly moved on from staying in hostels with gap year students on your solo trips away, then this is the holiday for you. 
Much like Alonement, Flashback is a community built around the power of going solo, and their trips are an opportunity to meet like-minded people who share the same independent outlook as you. They're on a mission to create one million meaningful friendships across the world through the power of adventure. And it sounds like it's working. 80% of Flashpackers stay in touch after returning from their trips. If this sounds good to you, head to flashpack.com slash alonement, where you'll find an exclusive offer code for all Alonement podcast listeners, giving you £100 off your dream adventure. When I say the word alone, as someone who has been physically and you know pursuing mental aloneness quite a bit as well what connotations does that word have for you um you know first of all i think everybody got their own aloneness so kind of your aloneness is different from mine when i grew up to me to be alone was about being uh bored and you know it was uncomfortable sometimes depressing uh, even frightening uh, while today, when I'm quite a bit older, um, I also find to be alone to kind of be the best friend in life sometimes. Um, and uh, it's kind of a quality, um, something exclusive, uh, even luxurious, kind of the new luxury in a time when everybody's supposed to be available at all times. And it's a key that can unlock new ways of thinking. And um, I have to add that, you know, I walked alone for 50 days and nights to the South Pole with no telephone, no radio contact. And when I did that walk through this huge white nothingness of Antarctica, I was thinking that I had felt much more lonely uh, early in life, being in London by myself or being all the, in a big party somewhere than I did being by myself in Antarctica. That is fascinating because I think that we always are oscillating in our aloneness between alone and lonely. But the fact that you were in the most isolated state I think humanly possible and that you felt less lonely. That's fascinating to me. Why is that? I I think it's uh, when you are at least for me quite often when I'm together, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. With many people or being in a busy place, you're kind of reminded about your aloneness. And, uh, and you see that everybody kind of uh, living their own lives. And I also think it's the same with now when you're, we're all connected by telephone uh, almost all the day we see how other people are living their lives or actually not living that way but they kind of act like they're living that way and that also i think creates a lot of feeling of being alone in a negative sense but when you actually manage to pass that threshold so this feeling of being uncomfortable or bored or frightened by your own uh, aloneness uh then it feels rich and like walking to to antarctica you remind about the fact that as uh, emily dickinson wrote in a poem your brain is wider than the sky i saw that quote in your book silence i believe and i wasn't quite sure what was meant by it? How do you interpret that quote? <laughs> I think, you know, everybody should have their own in- interpretation of it. My interpretation is that, of course, the skies, the universe is kind of going on internally and even expanding. But you're in the universe, you know, in your mind, your body, your soul. That's another universe that kind of goes further and further into yourself. And to me, that universe is just as mysterious and huge and hard to grasp as the universe that is stretching out into all the, all the, all the stars and, uh, and the planets. And I think that's quite often easy to forget. I think, you know, we tend to forget about our own greatness. That's my, that's my experience after having traveled to more than 100 countries and talked to thousands of people. Of course, some people are overestimating themselves, but I think most people are underestimating themselves and um, the possibilities they have in life and in their brain. When do you suddenly cross that threshold? You described it as a threshold a bit earlier, but when do you get past the point of the initial fear of being alone, the bit where being alone is lonely and the point at which I think you describe in silence how you begin to confront yourself and your fear of being alone in silence. How can you, can you put a number on that? Does that take however many days or is there something more to it that allows you to cross over into that threshold? Yeah, you can. I think you can put a number on it, or I'm certain you can put a number on, on it. And f- to me, sometimes it takes only maybe half a minute or a few minutes. Uh, other times, like an, an expedition, it could take a day or two or three before you kind of cross that line. Um, but then I should add that to be alone for humans, to sit alone uh, in a room, uh, doing nothing that has always been a huge challenge for every human like uh, i also write in my book about uh, blaise pascal the philosopher 
wrote about this in uh, the 1640s, like 350 years ago. And he said, the origin of all problems for humans uh, has to do with the fact that we cannot sit alone in a room doing nothing. And instead of doing nothing, we start to do something. And that's the beginning of all our negative challenges in life, all of our problems. And of course, that was a big challenge 350 years ago. But today, with the smartphones that we are supposed to be ready, available at any time, this has increased dramatically. So for you and me, and I think for all the listeners, you know, we all experience this feeling that the present hurts. Uh, and and uh, that's a fact. And, you know, I'm struggling with it too. But then you just have to go through this kind of difficulties. And I think then, not all the time, then quite often to be alone can be enriching. And to be alone is about getting to know yourself, while to be with other people all the time is about living through those people and quite often forgetting who you are. Like, you know, today, kind of, I have three daughters too, and, you know, it's including and with myself too. You get the feeling that everybody would like to be someone else, not all the time, but quite often, which I think is a mistake. Yeah, I think social media almost it almost encourages that because immediately you are looking at that screen and it is that sensation of looking into this almost showcase of all the different ways you could be, all the different people you could be. And there's an algorithm which feeds you the the prettiest, the, the slimmest, the, the most successful. And it's very difficult, I think, to actually focus. It is. I, I, I think the... And the happiest group on earth are 15-year-old girls that have to live through all this. <laughs> the unhappiest people. The unhappiest group. Yeah, I have three daughters. They're all past 15 now. But I think, you know, I think t- life is tough for anyone throughout, you know, from you're born until you die. Uh, life is hard. But I think to be a 15-year-old girl uh, living through all this pressure and also being this scared about being alone that you always have to be with someone always have to be get confirmations through social media etc etc i think i think you know that's the toughest ever wow i mean i think that finally uh we have enough sympathy for 15 year old girls because i don't think often it's discussed how difficult it is to be a teenager obviously some people nerf has it much tougher it's not that but i think in general as a group i think you know it's it's um you know life really feels fragile when you're 15 years old and uh, you think all this is normal and do you think it is so much harder do you think it is i don't really know how to sort of quantify that but compared to when Pascal was writing in, I think, 1640. Do you think it's that much harder for someone to sit in a room alone now because of social media? Uh, Because it's amazing, I think, that even he was writing about that back then. Yeah, it's. uh, but I think it is. it has been hard forever. But I think today, because, you know, we are literally addicted to, um, to over phones, and it's a proper addiction in the sense that 
tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of the brightest minds in the world are working day and night to develop apps and games, etc., to get us addicted. So, um, so this scareness or this, you know, being afraid and trying to avoid being alone and always, you know, trying to live through other, you know, others or trying to live through your screen. Um, that's much, I think it's much stronger today. Um, that's my, that's my conclusion on it. I may be wrong. Um, I think I've been wrong on almost and everything in life so far, but, uh, <laughs> at least that's what I think. I think it's a very wise state of mind to, uh, approach things knowing that you might be wrong in the next 10 20 years I think it's probably why you've written so many books because you're constantly revisiting (laughs) I'm interested where age comes into it for you and where the I guess the changing uh terrain even since you completed the three poles challenge you did that by the age of 31 what was your personal life situation like when you were on those expeditions did you did you have a girlfriend I don't think your daughters were born yet were you missing people because obviously you're still a person in the world with relationships going about your everyday life so was that quite hard to know that you had to let go of that for a long period of time and be alone Uh, um, yes and no Uh, yes in that sense that we're all born to be social human beings. So this idea about being alone all the time, it's not a healthy idea, I think, in general, including me. We should be with other people and we should uh, talk to them, hang out with them, we should uh, hug them and sometimes maybe even marry them. And and uh, uh, But then on the other side, I think for me to be totally by myself under the midnight sun, just walking one direction, didn't know if it was going to take 40 days or 70 days. Nobody had done it before. Uh, was super healthy because this kind of aloneness is not about turning your back to the world. It's not about um, uh, uh, being away for too long. And it's not about losing respect for the for for the people. I think to me it was the opposite. To be alone for a long time taught me a lesson about respecting other people more, getting more curious about what's going on in other people's mind, and also to love the earth even more. Interesting. I think that that's a narrative that perhaps isn't talked about enough. I think perhaps a lot of people listening to this who maybe live with others or feel certain pulls to situations that would mean they couldn't take a trip for longer than a week or two uh, might actually be quite inspired by the idea that that then can feed back into your relationships whether those are your close relationships or your sort of wider relationships well at that time I didn't have any kids which of course was a big change from today Um, I had different girlfriends and you know some you know you know, at least my girlfriends, they uh, thought it was very good to be with an explorer. But, you know, kind of sometimes I experience that they kind of fall in love with you and leave you for the same reason. That's so interesting. <laughs> it's very difficult because it is, I think that the role of 
aloneness in relationships is fascinating because I agree with you. I think that actually having a degree of independence and autonomy can be, to begin with, quite attractive. And also it can feed into a good positive relationship that isn't clouded by something like insecurity but on the other hand it might be harder to give you a reason to stay or commit or even pursue a relationship that's difficult over a relationship with yourself I suppose or the you know your your own hobbies interests ambitions is that a tension that you found personally yeah um uh certainly uh but you know to be a relationship for you know for you know for uh, for more than a few weeks a few months and like you know it's to really to be be together with another person and like dedicate to the person um and you know be sure to enrich the other person and be loyal and to be great and to be nice and a great lover etc is you know one of the biggest challenges in life. It is difficult. It you know it's difficult when you're together. And it's difficult when you're not together. Uh, not all the time, but you know quite often. And uh, and we all need to find our own path. Like you know, as I write, we all need to find our own south poles. Uh, but to me, I think it's important uh, with a girlfriend that you know she has her own life. That she is the center of her own life. That she's able to be alone that she doesn't have to live through me and through other people all the time so i think you know the good start with a relationship is that you are at center of your own life and in turn how has your personal life influenced your love of silence and solitude because i understand as a parent it's a lot harder to get those periods of aloneness that's for sure. <laughs> so my life was very much about noise all the time for many years. Um, first with young daughters, and then eventually uh, I had three do- teenage daughters living in my house. So then life is uh, is uh, is um, you know I think that's a period of life when you know it's you just have to accept it's not that much uh, alone time, not so much uh, so not so much. Uh, silence but you know still you can you know you can find time to be alone uh it doesn't last for long but when you have a shower in the morning even you walk to the metro you, maybe you can walk to the office um walking the stairs uh, in the office building um cooking um so you know it's always some times where you can be alone with yourself and your own thoughts so again we should not underestimating of ourselves um, quite often i hear people say that you know i'm not able to find any time being by myself and you know it's almost true but not fully true that's my impression yeah i must say i mean look it's really hard to know another person's life right but the average screen time or the average time spent watching television it's actually it's i think that those are the obvious things that can go and i understand that you don't watch television yourself no you know it's actually i added up for my daughters uh, a couple of years ago that you know if they spend like four hours every day on social media um and they live until they're like you know into the 80s uh they will spend 
13 years of their lives, day and night, looking into a screen. So, you know, as I said, you know, that's insane. Not in the sense that you should not be at social media, etc., but 13 years of your life, and then you complain that you're short on time, that you're not able to, uh, you know, be with your parents, look after your friends uh, if they have, you know, problems. And to me, you know, it's a huge misunderstanding. And I think it's super serious because we have this huge opportunity to live a rich life. And then we are wasting it, not fully, but partly uh, by sitting in a chair, looking into a screen and uh, and uh, missing out on this, you know, fantastic chance we have to have a rich life and um, as also write in the book like you know it's this swedish poet which is quite often quoted in norway and sweden when uh, people getting old and it says something like uh, all these days and weeks and years passed by and i didn't really get or understand that that was life and um, then people are kind of mm, thinking, oh, this is very serious. Oh, great thought. Yeah. But it's a bit sad because, you know, you have been missing out on your chance that to, 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 to really be present in the moment, to have variety in your life, uh, to get to know different people, to get to experience the world, exploring yourself. And um, yeah, so I think, you know, again, um, you have to get your act together. You have to look up from that screen. You have to get up from the chair and, and, and um, uh, respect your life. And Erling, as a side note, I'm sure many parents of teenagers would be quite interested listening to this. Do your three daughters listen to you when you tell them this and you give them this brilliant advice? <laughs> That's a very personal question. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of fun because interesting because when I finished um, writing my book on silence, uh, my daughters were, I think they were like 14, 17 and 19 at the time. And the 17 and nine-year-old girl, daughters, they read the book. Uh, I think they... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You know, they didn't quit social media, but like, or like, you know, not using their phone. That would, you know, that would be stupid, stupid too. But, you know, they started to see their life in a different perspective. And the friends read the books, and the parents of the friends read the book, and I think you know it did them well in general. While my youngest daughter, thirteen, uh, I gave her a copy too. Uh, she read a few pages, and she said it was all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's you know how it should be because you know when you're thirteen years old, fourteen years old, old like you know. You have a different life than um, than 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 her father and her older sisters. So you know, in one way, she was right. For her, it was bullshit. But um, today, she's a few years older, and I think she start to see that she has to make sure not to waste too much of her life. I think we discover things at different times and it's nice when we can revisit something having gained a different vantage point. Yeah. I'm actually reminded of my mother is not uh, not a, a famous author, but she is an introvert. And for many years, I spent my life defined by going out and being surrounded by noise, I suppose, of other people. And she used to tell me, you need to make time for yourself. And it was probably about a decade. It was until I got to the age of 27, three years ago, when I started exploring the idea of alonements that I actually listened to her and knew what that meant. But I think that sometimes everyone's motivated by different things and you have to get past a stage of your own life in order to appreciate the value of something. Yeah, absolutely. It's my, my mother, she... Uh, when I was a kid, like six years, seven years, five years, uh, something, I complained to her that I was bored, that nothing was happening. I didn't have anyone to play with. Maybe I was let out. Maybe someone had been teasing me at school. And I was alone. I was lonely. And, um, and, uh, my, mother, and my mother said to me, Arling, it's healthy to be bored. It's good for you to be bored sometimes. And I thought that was, you know, an insult and unbelievable stupid thing to say. <laughs> uh, but today, you know, I see my mother was right. Sometimes it's, you need to be bored to get, you know, to get on in your life, to kind of progress in your life, to kind of enlighten your life, to try to see things from all the sides, uh, maybe suffer a little bit because you are alone, because as I said earlier on, it could be brutal to be alone. Uh, but Life is very much about fulfilling your own potentials. And um, to be able to do that, you must both be alone sometimes and also be with other people that can inspire you at other times. It's interesting you describe being alone as brutal because part of, I think I was listening to you on the Happy Place podcast with Fern Cotton and the 
bit that made me really laugh is you said that the biggest challenge when you were traveling to the South Pole was to get up in the morning at minus 50 degrees. But the next, (laughs) the next hardest challenge was to be at peace with yourself, which I just, I found that comparison kind of hilarious. (laughs) Is there something about having done those intense physical challenges? Because obviously you climbed Everest and travel to the North Pole is there anything about those intense physical challenges that make the mental challenge of being alone less scary yes uh, because you know obviously we are a part of all that we have met in life and having gone through those experiences uh, you know it taught me a lesson about aloneness um, both how brutal it can be but also how great it can be as i said earlier on that it actually can be a great friend and also to understand that if you're going to have a good life um, we need to be alone although it's sometimes uncomfortable and uh, and also those you know expeditions they kind of inspired me to ask myself you know how should i live um, and I think that's a great question we should all ask ourselves, uh, not all the time, of course, but, you know, every now and then, how should I live? You know, how should I make my life? Um, and, and, uh, and in my case, um, on those expeditions, I, I um, got aware that, you know, my mother was right. Uh, it's healthy to be alone. It's healthy not having anything particular to do. And one thing that helped me on the way, I think, was to be uh, close to nature because I think that's another of the huge mistakes we are doing today is that we are distancing, a- alienating ourselves from, uh, from nature. Uh, Mother Earth is four and a half billion years old, and the whole idea about you know not listening to her um, is a big mistake. And I think it's really hard to live a good life uh, without being in touch with uh, with uh, nature. And what is it that makes you then go into yourself and question what you want from life on those? expeditions is there something about being around such natural beauty for instance and being so close to that nature that makes you then question the life that you're leading yeah i think so you know both the beauty but also uh the dangers uh in the sense that you know it's sometimes when you almost fall into a crevasse or into the water or down from a cliff you very much feel that you're present in your own life, that the, the, the future doesn't matter, the, the past doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the present, which I think is super healthy, not all the time, but you know, sometimes to be in that situation. That because as long as you're thinking, you're thinking about the future, you're thinking about the past, we're quite often like thinking that you are in the present. And in that sense, quite often think, you know, to think too much is kind of noise, but to be present in the moment as you are quite often in expeditions, but also in nature, when I do a little walk in the forest outside Oslo and sure also in parts of England, um, 
you have sort of the present in your own life there and then. And, uh, and uh, that's some of the most beautiful feelings uh, you can have. A lot of people listening to this might think that the sense of being present that they cultivate in their own lives, even if they do all the right things, like meditating, going for a walk, whatever, it won't live up to the journeys that you've taken in your life. Do you think that that's right? Or do you think that perhaps without doing something so extreme, you can cultivate the same feeling that you have from your everyday activities? Yeah, I think uh, I think um, um, you know um, to cultivate this, you know similar feelings, similar experiences in life is possible for almost anyone. Um, so you know, it's it's I did it in my way, uh, in extreme ways. Um, but this, what you're talking about now, you don't need to. You don't need to climb Everest or anything to 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 reach like you know the, uh, or do what we're talking about today. Uh, I think it's you know what we're talking about uh, is dead simple uh, to understand in the sense that we said like you know Pascal wrote about it 350 years ago, and and uh, and I think you know most people. Uh, know much about uh, aloneness. They know about enough about you know how they can enrich from being alone. Uh, the challenge is to actually do it. So I don't think we need any more knowledge. I don't think we need people to tell you so much. So much we just need to get our act together and uh, and uh, get past that threshold when to be alone is only a negative thing of course you know sometimes it is negative but quite often it can be absolutely outstanding fantastic so you don't think the solution is in downloading a really fantastic app or buying a really good <laughs> <laughs> meditation you know, i don't want track. to give you know i think you know quite often app you know i'm sure apps can be good and you know etc but you know Life is much more simple, you know. It, you know, it's not so complicated. That we need at least my, you know, idea. You don't need an app to get to know yourself and to be, you know, get you know something out of being alone. Uh, and you know, and the negative thing with it is like then suddenly you are a customer, you're paying money, you are a client. Uh, you get into this whole system why you know the biggest secrets in life is you know waiting to explore inside yourself and i don't think you need techniques or 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 apps or whatever you can use it maybe it works okay but the prob probably the best way to enjoy uh, being alone is to leave your phone at home and uh, do a walk. I love to start from this sort of everyday act because you're a man who has traveled the three poles, which is pretty much something that no one else can do, but walking is something that everyone can do. And yet in your book, Walking, you describe it as an inner voyage of discovery, a radical act. This is pretty big language for something that comparative to what you've done in your life is, is pretty, pretty commonplace. Why, why is this language 
this big radical language something that you can associate with walking just as much so as your expeditions um you know uh, in many reasons and and uh, and uh, one is that so much in our society is about um high speed do, doing things at a high pace all the time and um i think you know to walk is about slowness it's about moving and being moved motion emotion and it's about you know deciding your own day what you're going to do when you're going to stop so i think in that sense uh, to walk today is one of the most radical things you can do uh, as a human being at least if you live in norway or uh, in uh, in england and i also think walking is something that has defined us as a species that it was not the possibility to walk on two legs that created homo sapiens it was the other way around so uh, so um, um yeah i think you know life has been about walking for hundreds of thousands of years and now suddenly we're the first generation who mostly sitting in a chair and trying to explore the world and ourselves by looking into a screen and I think that's kind of insane I think that that's great because I love a very moderate practical tip that can apply to everyone and everyone can do I think that that in itself I, I we talked earlier about how you use the language of being radical around those things but I think there is something to be said for just actually doing them exactly and it's uh, it's even free so I think you know Quite often, uh, the best things in life are free. It's a cliche, but it works. It's a cliche, but you know, not all cliches, but some cliches are actually true. I absolutely agree. <laughs> and in silence, and earlier in this podcast, actually, you said that a form of luxury is to be unavailable, and that is fundamental to what you describe: going on a walk and leaving your phone at home. How do you think that that particular luxury relates to the? life stage that you're at because I think it's you know I think it's interesting that we often think of things like being married or having children or having those connections as status symbols in and of themselves but I suppose there's a luxury in being unavailable unencumbered at that stage of your life where you don't have those things I think you know it's 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 luxurious um um to be alone uh, or it can be luxurious to be alone in the sense that uh, it's an exception from 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 the normal, which is kind of hard uh, for most people to get. Because today, you know, people think about luxury as a plastic bag from the Vuitton and you know that kind of things. That it has kind of unlimited supply side. And it doesn't matter if the whole world uh, will want to have a plastic bag from Louis Vuitton, they will produce 7 billion plastic bags. And if you want to have two each, they will have 14 billion. So that's in that sense to me, you know, so much so that the luxury industry can, you know, supply you with. It's not luxury. It's just, you know, nice things, ugly things, beautiful things that you probably will get fed up as soon as a friend of you get a nicer bag. Um, while being alone, that's, you know, that's exclusive, that's different. That's, you know, something that separates you from many other people. And, um, and, um, 
sometimes kind of hard to organize. And um, so in that sense, um, to be alone is, um, it's a luxury good. Do you think that someone can appreciate that? Do you think that there's almost a sense of it being a commodity you can only appreciate once you have a much more connected life, once you have many more demands on your time? Mm, I think, you know, it's, I think we're all born different. So I think, you know, it's hard to, hard to speak on behalf of everybody else. But in my case, yes, um, I did not appreciate, sometimes I did, I'm sure, but in general, uh, when I was younger, I did not appreciate being alone. And I do not appreciate being alone sometimes when I'm sad, when I feel let down. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, sometimes I just need to be with other people to tell about my worries or sorrows um, still. Uh, but I think today, one reason I'm appreciating being alone more and more uh, is because I have lived the life I've been living and uh, and uh, and got gotten a little bit older quite a bit older and um, understood the importance of it yes so when i was eight years old uh, i think you know most of what i say today would not make sense at all yes so this makes me think of in silence you use the analogy of a snail carrying its house on its back and you say that this fascinated you as a young boy but perhaps as you say when you were eight you might not have appreciated that this was almost a symbol of the value of being alone and in silence you write that we also carry our houses and everything that we have within us but you've acknowledged that there are two sides of the coin and I wonder in the wake of a pandemic, uh, you know, in the wake of a time when we felt the need for one another more than ever, how much do you think that that still holds true, the idea that we have everything that we need inside us? Uh, I think it's, you know, um, um, you know, it, it definitely um, um, holds true uh, still. But as I said, you know, um, uh, I and you know everybody else should be humble about it in the sense that I don't think it's one formula that fits uh, all. So uh, I'm talking from my own point of view, and in that sense, I think you know the pandemic, um, despite all the negative sides, also did us a lot of good. Uh, I think it has some super healthy effects on me and uh, people I, I meet and people I see and people I read about. Not all, of course. And uh, I have to say, I look forward to, you know, to get past the pandemic, of course. Uh, but in the autumn, when it was at least in Norway, kind of people felt that now we're past it, it's over. I almost start to miss it a little bit. Uh, because, you know, we have been living this, at least many of us have been living these crazy lives about, you know, high pace, high speed, as I said, being available, flying to A, flying to B. Um, and we're thinking, this is life. And suddenly you can't go to dinner parties. You can't do this. You can't travel. You actually have to be home. 
and I think that was very healthy for people. And uh, and after I had seen, we had seen like you know whoever seen looked at Netflix for three months in a row, you know got fed up with that too. So you know people start at least nervous, start to walk more, start to read more books, and start to be more in nature, and um, it was needed. It's so interesting you say that that was needed in Norway because I imagine that you, I don't know, I imagine it's a much better lifestyle than in London in respect to those things, but you were doing even more of it. I can guarantee you it was even more needed in UK. And the reason is uh, I have an English girlfriend, so I'm quite often in London. And I think, you know, I love London, but London is missing one super important thing. You're missing nature. And that's why, you know, life in London is really rich because it has so much to offer, but it, you don't get into nature. Of course, British people tell you we have all the parks and all the squares. And if you drive one or two hours out of London, you're in nature. But if you drive two hours out of London, uh, you see beautiful fields and cozy narrow roads, and you can get into a great pub uh, in from the rain. Uh, but it's not nature. And that's, that's, I think it's something, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it is something negative with everything. And I think in London, that's the only thing you really are missing. So when you arrive in London to see your British girlfriend, do you demand that you sort of drive out further to the coast? Yeah, but you know, I fly back, but it's, yeah, it's, you know, we drive, but you know, you still see those beautiful fields. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can find a forest or some, you know, uh, you know, uh, different places, but it's, it's like, you know, uh, it's very cultivated in, in England. It's very civilized. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, um, uh, but you know, I'm not complaining. I think England is a fantastic country. I even lived there for a year. And, and, um, but um, uh, you should get more out. I think that's advice for British people. You know, you should be, you know, be more outside and hopefully find a place where, you know, you can be in touch uh, uh, with the wind, with the rain, with the cold, with the, with the heat, with the sun, uh, with some moss and rocks. Um, that's healthy. And again, <laughs> it's for free. Well, I mean, we're recording in January and here in the UK, I'm sure you'll laugh at this because I'm sure of, obviously I'm talking to a polar explorer here, but it's sort of minus one degrees. We're all sort of hunkering down in our houses and our central heating. I can see you rolling your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the heat, let's say <laughs> the heating, uh, the heating systems in England are not so civilized. I agree. <laughs> And finally, I imagine that alone time looks very different for you now than on your treks and possibly earlier in your life. What is your alonement, the word that I use to describe time alone that is quality and joyful and fulfilling? To me, um, as is earlier on, everybody got to find their own. But to me, it is... Um, many many different ways and two uh, one is sit in a chair and reading an interesting book i love reading and i think that's a great way to explore yourself and the world 
Uh, and the second one is to walk. And, uh, and, uh, I, and uh, I just love walking, not because I have so many great experiences while walking, but I have many small, not so important experiences. And I think, you know, it, it, it slows down the day. Uh, you see all the human beings, what they look like. You see the buildings. You're getting to know uh, your own backyard, which, of course, for me, you walk to the South Pole. But somehow, one of the things you experience from having walked to the South Pole alone is that some of the biggest mysteries in life will be in your own backyard. So, um, yeah, that's uh, I love your word, alonement. That's you know some of the alonement uh, for me. So, as I said. We all need to find our own self-poles. Thank you. I think that's a beautiful way to end. And I really appreciate you coming on this show. I think you're such a unique guest to have. (laughs) We're all unique. (laughs) Well, few as unique as you, but thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. All the best. Tusen tak, as we say in Norwegian. For anyone wondering, I'm pretty sure that means thank you very much in Norwegian. In any case, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I certainly enjoyed recording it. Erling is a fascinating man. And while I don't know how many of you listening will be tempted to take a 50-day exploration of the South Pole anytime soon, I hope that you can, as he says, find your own South Pole within you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'll certainly be looking for mine and uh, switching off my social media a bit more as a result of that conversation. Erling, true to form, is of course off Instagram and Twitter. The good news is you can follow him the old-fashioned way by reading his many, many books. That's all for now. And if you'd like to hear more, then do subscribe for the next episodes. 
and follow us on social media. We're at Alonement Official on Instagram. You can also sign up for the newsletter at alonement.com. Oh, and if you really want to make my day, then please do leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to let us know what you thought. Thanks so much and see you next time.